We are wrapping up chapter one in Ephesians. Yay! Everyone's so excited. Um, who needs a Bible? Who needs a Bible? Okay. You want to hand those out for me? Great. All right. Uh, so we are wrapping up chapter one. Those who already have your Bibles or your electronic devices, uh, we are in chapter one, verses 19 through 23. So we're going to look at these five verses. Who remembers anything from from verse 1 to verse 19, the first part of verse 19? Who remember anything that we covered in Ephesians? If there's one thing that you remember, and you're like, oh, I remember that one. Okay. Did, did you guys remember anything? The, the widows? That was, that was from last week. I mean, like, from... That was James. I was going to be mean, but I'm on camera, so I can't do that. But that's okay. I can I can do this. They didn't see me. But anyone remember anything that we... Was I just talking to the walls? Real God's inheritance, okay. Welcome to youth ministry. Everything I thought it would be. What? Look at it. If you're like looking at, looking at it. Religion. What about religion? Just religion. Okay, religion. Oh, okay, religion. All right. So we talked about the every spiritual blessing we have in. The heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We talked about how uh, we are uh, chosen uh, of God. We talked about how he purposed in his plan to adopt us as his children. We talked about how he lavishly uh, uh, pour over his grace um, on us. We talked about how we experience redemption from his blood. We talked about the forgiveness that we experience of our sins. Uh, we talked about how we are sealed in him with the what of promise? The Holy... It's right there. You guys can like look at it. The Holy Spirit of promise. All right. And then we ended with um, verse 17 and 18 and the first part of verse 19 where it says, he's like, I pray that your heart of your eyes may be enlightened may be illuminated, open to know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints and the surpassing greatness of power towards us who believe. And now we're at 19 and 2, verse 23, and I'm going to read it. All right. Okay, Jared and Tony, sit right there in the back. Yeah, just go. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it twice. And then you two, just sit up there. Tyreek, yeah. Quickly. Awesome. Follow along. Second part of verse 19 through verse 23 says, These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And that's our title for uh, tonight. Which he had brought about in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, 
and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that now, as I uh, hope to communicate uh, the truth of your word, that your words will go forth and, and my words would certainly uh, fall to the ground. I pray, Lord, that um, you would certainly speak through me clearly. I pray, Lord, that the students will receive it well. I pray, that ultimately we'll be challenged um, as we hear from you tonight through your word. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, looking at verse 19. Verse 19b. These are in accordance with the workings of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ. Paul wraps up chapter 1, right, with Paul wraps up chapter 1 with a further explanation and instruction to this surpassing great power um, of the Father this power which he actively establishes in Christ, and not only is that work in and towards us, but also is in accordance to the resurrection of Christ and his appointment in the heavenly places, as we see in the first part of verse 20 where it says, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Who or what can you reference to in your mind, that has a lot of power. Like, like, what person comes to your mind outside of, you know, like the Sunday school answer type thing, right? But outside of that, what comes? Barack, Barack Obama. Okay, why? Oprah. Okay, okay. Let's take let's take those two. Why do would people think that a Barack Obama or would even reference, reference to him as having a lot of power? Why? Because he is the president of the United States. What else? And what does that mean? Does, does he have power over everyone? Okay, he makes a lot of decisions for the country. He's part of the reason why Bin Laden is there. Okay. He's supposed Okay. Okay. We, we, won't, we won't get like political. Why, why, why would some people reference to Oprah as being like really powerful? She has a lot of stuff. She's rich. What? She's influential. Okay. She has the Hoon Church. Okay. 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 All right, let's come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back, shh, come back to me. You staff, help me out. Um, we're going to see that there's a power that's working towards us as believers that far uh, succeeds Barack Obama, Oprah, whoever is the richest man on the earth, whoever is the most powerful person. It doesn't matter, far exceeds that. And, and I hope that we will come away from this realizing that, wow, this great power 
is at work towards us as believers, and hopefully that would incite in us just a desire of how should we respond to that. Okay, and so we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. So we see um, supporting uh, scripture reference about Jesus being raised and being seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places in Acts 2:24. You don't have to turn there; I'm just going to read it. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible of him, Jesus, to be held in its power. The power of God far exceeds death. All right, is death scary? All right. Okay. Are people afraid of death, of, of dying? All right. All right. Um, the power of God far exceeds death, and death itself had no power over Christ. Again, the same power is actively working in favor towards us. That's unbelievable. Mark sixteen nineteen says. So then, while the Lord had, Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up in heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's a cross-reference to, um, in reference to uh, verse 20. So, do you realize, as believers, right, that in essence we are seated, which is hard to wrap your mind around when you think about it. You know, sometimes we hear things and we say things, and we just take it because we say it. It's, you know, it's, it's in the Bible and we've, we've heard it so many times. And whether it's in youth group or Sunday school or, or in church service. And sometimes it just, whoosh, whoosh, it just goes over our heads. But if we really take the time to think it through, like, can you, can you, can you just wrap your mind, mind around the fact that in essence we are seated with Christ who is seated in the heavenly places spiritually? That's our spiritual position. Um, I mean, physically we're here on earth, right? But our spiritual position is that we are in Christ and we are seated um, with him since we are in him in the heavenly places. And this should really transform our over perspective. And what, what I mean by that is because so many times we get caught up with our little world, you know, Michelot's world, you know. You know, and the cares of Michelot's world. And, and we just forget that God the Father, who has, uh, has given all authority to God the Son, who works all things for our benefit, has like a grander work that is all for our benefit, but yet we miss that because, you know, we just get caught up in, in Michelot's world. And I believe the enemy uses that so that we will live in a, in an attitude and live in a perceptive that, you know, we're just ordinary people and why, why should you stand for your faith and, and, you know, is God really there and does he really care for you? You know, you're hurting right now and do you see him? Do you feel him? You know, like, really, you know, what are you, why are you standing up your faith? You know, you're just, you're just a little disciple and you're following this Jesus person. And, and, and sometimes as the world, and as we've seen this more and more, diminish, uh, uh, the character of Jesus, uh, uh, you know, we, we just get feed these, these, uh, worldviews. And sometimes, even if we don't want to admit that, 
it affects us or we take hold of it, uh, we just get caught up with that. Sometimes I think we miss this bigger uh, picture uh, of God just, and we'll see. I'm jumping ahead and we'll see. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, and we'll get there some, sometime next month. Ephesians 2, 4, 6 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in this reading, you can see that, that you know, that's, you know, that's not me just saying stuff in the top of my head and like, oh, Mr. Lowe's really spiritual, kumbaya, you know. Um, it's, it's in the word. And it, and it may be hard for us to, to really grasp it, but it's there. Um, uh, and, it, and it should give us like a hope and encouragement uh, day to day. So continuing with this glorious illumination and this active, immeasurable power of God, we also see in verse 21, um, as it's up there as well, Far above, right? Seated Christ in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come, right? What's fascinating about the Bible is, other than any other, you know, historic literature, is that, you know, it... it stick to my notes. There's unity, you know. Although there are many different authors, you know, there's there's a unity, and 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 why is there a unity? You think? It's just a random question. They just put. Why is there a unity with scripture and the different books in the Bible? Right on, right. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like like you know John himself. Like, hey, you know, I want to write John, you know, and he wrote it, and, you know, and and Paul was like, I want to write the ruins, you know, you know, it was, you know, it was inspired um, word of God, read out, like possibly like this says, all right. So in Psalm 86, we see um, the psalmist making this messianic, and that's just fancy for relating to, to the Messiah uh, uh, statement in Psalm 8, verse 6, he says, you make him to rule over the works of your hands, you put all things under his feet. And Paul is communicating this same message in verse 21, right? Um, so, do we understand what's happening here? God the Father gives God the Son complete rule and authority over, above, any angelic level. And I'm going to just give like a real, real short little snippet here. Because at this time, you know, there are Gnosticism going on, there's four. Gnosticism is just those who, anyway, I'm not gonna, look it up. <laughs> it's just, that's gonna take too much time, just look it up. Alright, look it up, it's G-N-O-T-I-C-I-S-M, I think. So just look, Google it. Alright, so there's Gnosticism going on, there's people, um, basically false teachers, okay? Communicating false information, right? And some referring to Jesus, as some people do today, like, oh, Jesus was just one good guy, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, and so they're like diminishing and, and actually, uh, um, uh, what's the word, uh, um, denying uh, his deity. And, and Paul here, you know, as he's inspired, uh, is writing and saying that, you know, God is giving, God the Father gives God the Son complete rule and authority 
above. And above here gives the meaning of superior to, right? So far superior to, to rule and authority. Power and dominion, whether it's in the spiritual realm or earthly here with government. And every name that is named, right? And that's, you know, someone like, you know, whatever God people are calling on to because they want some mystical reading or something to happen. So every name that is named, anything, anything that's called has a source of power to receive power. Jesus has rule above over all, whether there are things that are present or things that are to come. So simply put, Jesus has complete lordship over everything from the beginning of time to anything that comes in the future. And we see this similarly expressed in Colossians chapter 1, where uh, verse 15 through 17, if any of you are taking notes. Um, and I will read. He is, referring to Christ, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were then created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And I really like the way Believer's uh, Church Bible Commentary expresses it. And again, we're looking at this in view of this, the working of his strength and his might towards us believers. Okay? So, BCBC expresses this way. Ephesians celebrates what God has done, and I quote, in and through Christ, precise, precisely in order to empower the church, that's us, that's not the building, that's not the mortar and stuff like that, right, to do what still needs to be done. These two emphases are equally important. Believers need to know God's immeasurable power, precisely because where they are located in relation to the powers who still need to be informed and overcome. Verse 22, verse 23 says, back to Ephesians 1. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. So Paul here gives this incredible description of the authority of Christ in relation to the universe, as we saw in Colossians. And also the universal assembly of Christian believers, Christians everywhere. So the entire universe, right, is under subjection and stability and function in Christ. What would happen if Jesus chose to just... It's hard for me to say this because I don't want to, you know... But let's just hypothetically say, let's just hypothetically say, you know, just so that we can, you know... Uh, illustrated in our minds. If Jesus was able to be like, okay, you know, I'm just going to walk away from the universe, right? I'm just going to, whatever Jesus would, I'm just going to walk away. It's so hard because, you know, I'm trying to put him in a box and, you know, you can't. You know, but let's say if Jesus was able to walk away from the universe, what would happen? You will all go to hell. We will what? We will be. We may not be okay, right? So, like, so would anything good happen? Okay. Would disaster? All goodness is in him. All right. 
So the entire universe is under subjection and stability, is under subjection and stability and function to Christ. And it is also being governed for the benefit of the church. See, like we, like we can't miss that. We can't miss that right there in, in uh, verse 22. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. Whose feet? And, 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 and what amount of things are put under his feet? Some, all things, all things sometimes, all things all times, okay. Um, and he gave him as head over all things to the church. And who is the church? Us, right? All right. Those who have placed faith in him, right? So, the universe is placed in subjection under Christ, and is being governed for the benefit of us. Because as he is head of all things, and the church, which is his body. I mean, there is no more comprehensive care plan we can ever receive compared to Christ being our supreme authority, our Savior, who works all things for um, the benefit of the church, ultimately for the glory of God. Last verse, as we wrap up. Oh my goodness, it's 8.59. Last verse, as we wrap up. The last part of verse 3, as we wrap up, says, The fullness of him, which is, represent, which is referencing the church, who fills all in all. The church is the fullness of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that Christ needs the church to make him complete. It is the church that is completed or being made perfected, like we will see in a lot of our versions, which mean to be completed, um, to be whole in Christ. Um, and that's why us as the church, as believers, should reflect the full character um, of Christ. Um, and as I wrap up, quote one more piece from Baker New Testament Commentary, which says, this, The words who fills all in all means that Christ fills all the universe in all respects. That is, the entire universe is not only dependent on him for the fulfillment of its every need, but is also governed by him. And here is the thing where it should really impact our lives. In the interests of the church, which in turn must serve the universe and is replenished by its bounteous gifts, where we see how, you know, we are lavished with his grace. We have every spiritual blessing. We've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Um, continuing, thus he constantly Pervading, which is basically present throughout all things with his love and power. So, my friends, this is an incredible truth for us. Um, and it's hard, it's hard, it's, it's hard. Even while I was preparing for it, it's hard to just fully understand the magnitude of what this is. You know, just what's happening. And, and for us, and then it's easy, you know, the thing is, it's easy for us to get, you know, like really super, super pious and prayerful and be like, I've been saved, I've been sanctified, you know, I'm God's child, you know, check me out, can't touch this, I can't do it. Um, you know, it's easy to get that way, but Jesus is not working everything in the universe. He doesn't have dominion over all things in the universe under his authority. 
just for us to feel empowered. You know, the surpassing greatness of this power is working towards us. Ah, this is great. That's there so that we, as we will learn about next weekend, when we look at courage, courage is standing for faith. The power we have to continue to work that he has started here on this earth. The power for us to realize that we're, we have a power working towards us in favor so we can continue to work that what Christ started on this earth. Whether it's evangelism, whether it's making disciples, whether it's serving, um, for us to realize that we have a great source of power. And this is what Paul, Paul, Paul is praying, that pray that your eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And that word is like be illuminated, let it light up. Be enlightened so that you would know what the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. Know this day that there is a great power at work towards you, and not just for you to feel good about it, but for you to continue to work that Jesus has started, and for you to be empowered to do that work, so that others will be able to come to know him, so that you will grow in your faith. And, um, and I hope that our response would be that we would surrender to this great authority in our lives so that we can be able to do the work um, that he has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then we will um, break up in groups. And now I'll give a real brief, brief, brief little direction just before we all disperse. Father, thank you, O Lord, that... This great surpassing power, uh, the power in which you've raised Christ, the power in which you've seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, this power is at work towards your church. And Father, I just pray that we would be encouraged to realize that so that we will move forward with boldness, with faithfulness to, to you in doing your work, despite the opposition that we will face, despite the, the teasing we may get at school, despite the discouragement we, we may receive at home in our communities, I pray that we will realize that in you we are indeed victorious and we have a great power working towards us. And, and ultimately it's for us to not only continue to do your work, but that we will be able to give you all the glory that you deserve as well. So we thank you, Lord, for this and we give you praise in Christ's name, amen.